Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We've been finding, buying and growing income from property for over 20 years and we talk every week about the reality of running our property businesses. Don't forget, please do leave us a rating on your podcast player. Really does help us. And just let us know, A, that you care and B, that you're enjoying the show. So please do do that. It really helps. Today, we are talking about Simon's property business. So if ever you want to see Simon look really uncomfortable, this is the episode to watch on YouTube because this this isn't something Simon enjoys. And I've been given carte blanche, I believe, to ask questions about, <laughs> about Simon's property business and property revenues because we did a bit of a breakdown on mine a um, couple of episodes ago. So we're going to do this with Simon's as well. And Simon's property business is different, slightly different to mine in, to, in that it's a, very a, different. I think we can say it's, <laughs> it's, it's very different to mine in that it's a buy to let portfolio as opposed to an HMO portfolio. Um, and so it has a different makeup. But let's let's start with um, the same place, really. So let's start with revenue, Simon. So we we when we ran through my business, we're talking about how the revenues had grown. So let's. Let's pick a starting point. So for your business, we've got a number of tax years. Let's start back in the heady days of 2016 to 2017. What did your property business portfolio look like? So so back then, it was three properties. So three houses, buy-to-let, rented families, simple, run-of-the-mill, as you can get, really. And... It was uh, in, in that tax year, it generated revenue. So this is not, not profit or anything. This is just raw revenue of about 36,000. And then you could take off that. And remember, this is back in the day of very low mortgage rates. And these these properties um, were all mortgaged. The the there's no um, no full ownership of any of these properties, but the the total expenses that year, including mortgages and other bits and pieces, were only seven thousand. So this is this is a, a profit, if you like. Before this is what we'd probably call. Um, so is this this is pre-tax. This is all pre-tax that we're talking right. about. Right, so this is what this we'd point. call in business, this is this would be your EBITDA, your earnings before interest tax, depreciation and amortization of, of 29,000. So I think that's pretty. That's a pretty good business. That is close to a, a an average UK salary. So this is this is good. And the interesting thing for me, and, and one of the, the reasons why we, we've kind of started in 2016, is because something came into play from 2016 which screwed a lot of people i've not i've not mincing my words on this one today but it screwed a lot of people which was section 24 simon as this is your pain do you, let remind the the listeners and and the viewers what section 24 is yeah so this this is all a, a personally owned property portfolio so it's owned in personal names rather than limited mm. company and and that is specifically what Section 24 affected. So it meant prior to the, actually, I think it was, I think the 2016, 2017 tax year was the last year this was the case. And in, in that 
year before Section 24 had real effect, it meant that all of your mortgage expense was counted as an expense against tax. So the, the profit calculation that you pay tax on was taken after deducting all of the mortgage expense. Roll on five years later, when Section 24 was in full effect, and you could no longer count any of your mortgage interest payments as expenses. So when you're calculating your profit, you had to effectively sort of add back in the, the mortgage costs or, or not deduct them in the first place. And it was that total that your tax was then calculated on. Now, there is a, a 20% tax credit against your, your finance expenses. There are some extra requirements or, or things you must meet in order for that to, to work. So we're not going to go into all the details now, but, but in most cases that, that does work. So if you're only a base rate or a basic rate pay, tax rate payer of 20%, then it effectively works out about the same. But if you're a higher rate taxpayer, then you, you only get 20% allowance on, on the finance cost rather than it being a, a full allowable expense. So instead of avoiding the pain, we're going to go straight into it now. So 1617, you had a profit of 29,000, as I say, very good. 1718, Simon, what was the profit that year? Um, so, so this was a, an interesting year because it was, it was a sort of, well, it was, it was a year when I, I was purchasing. So He's trying to avoid giving us the number. I'm just letting you know. <clears throat> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so the revenues were, went up a bit. There were 42. However, I had a lot of expense this year as well, and they were thirty-eight thousand. So the profit was quite small at about four thousand pounds. <laughs> so that's a, it's a significant drop for so revenue increased by six thousand, but the profit dropped by twenty-five thousand. However, your mitigating circumstances are whether you were taking on a new rental property. That is that right? Yeah, yeah. So this was an, an anomalous year because there was a, a new property coming on. Um, so obviously, lo lots of the the costs, if you were taking on your property and sort of completely refurbishing it and whatever else, you, you can't count as immediate expenses. They would be capital expenses. They would come off when you, you calculated capital gains when you sold the property. But this property wasn't in that state. It was actually taken on with existing tenants. So it was all um, serviceable as a rental property. And it was only when those tenants actually left a few months later that I then did a refurbishment and repairs and things. So it, it all counted as sort of normal rental business expenses. So, so yeah, there was there was a lot of expense in that year. And after that year, I mean, essentially the the, the revenue then went up again. So you went from seventeen two thousand seventeen eighteen to forty two thousand, which was a six thousand increase, and then. We assume because of the onboarded property, that revenue then went up again to to fifty four thousand. Yep, yep, indeed. And now we're back down to a sort of more more standard level of expense as well. Um, only twenty thousand pounds of expense. <laughs> well, it's still triple, and that's the interesting thing when we look at your you know your revenues and costs over the years. And that's the thing. So, yeah, the the, the income has has jumped up to 54,000 when you said the costs have gone down but they've gone down to 20,000 so basically triple what they were two years prior yep and, and this is 
just due to assorted things happening in the business in this year. So I, I can't really attribute this to anything very specific. In, in a few years' time, as we keep going, then there are there are new mortgages rates coming through and, and things changing a lot there. But on, on this one, there, there was just bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah, and then and then essentially for the next few years, I would say that the revenue has stayed pretty much sta not static. It's gone. It's basically remained around sort of fifty five to sixty k. And yep. profits have also, I mean, nineteen twenty, you were you'd, you'd got up to thirty nine thousand profit, which is very good. And talk us through the year because we we know that you took on another property, but actually you took that on a limited company, so that hasn't impacted your personal properties at all. Yeah, indeed. So a couple of years ago, um, I purchased my most recent property, but I purchased that in a limited company rather than in sort of personal name portfolio so we're, we've not included that at all today just to keep things simple because otherwise you have to sort of worry about corporation tax and then working out what's withdrawn and what's income to me versus income to the company and it's just just too complicated so we have recorded a, another episode which i should have looked up the number for but it will be in the show notes and we, we delved into the 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 income and the expenses and indeed the profit that are within that limited company specifically for that new property. But, uh, but we're not covering that today. So th this is just personal name properties to keep things simple. So, so, so 21, 22, we, we were looking, really, we had a revenue of 60,000 and actually a profit of 43,000. So that is now really good. But that, talk us through the year after because things, things dropped a little bit in terms of income, but a lot in terms of profit. Yeah, so because this is, personal name properties and because we're looking at it on a tax year basis and it, it means that things can sort of fluctuate a little bit more than they really look like they are specifically the the, the tax return is prepared or the, the figures for tax return are returned on a, a cash accounting basis so occasionally a tenant will pay rent a bit late or a bit early maybe depending on, on situations and things and, and that will just sort of push payments into a different tax year than they would normally be in so these fluctuations, so for, for 1920, we're looking at revenue of 56,000, 2021, 55,000, 2022, 60,000. Then 2023, the revenue dropped back down to 58,000. And, and these little fluctuations are, are all around just the, the effects of when tenants pay different amounts. There was also a, a little bit of reduction in the 2021 figures because of covid and i let tenants off a little bit of rent for for sort of covid effects and there was also in various places little bits of avoid and things and tenant changes and stuff like that so it 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 does sort of go up and down but but mostly it's just because of these sort of other factors i haven't really sort of really changed the portfolio's income as a whole over these these few years the little flick the little fluctuation I'm quite interested in is the one of for twenty one twenty two of seventeen thousand costs to twenty eight thousand costs the following year. If... Yeah, well, that's um, that's the joy of new mortgage rates. Because <laughs> <laughs> if my accountant called that a little fluctuation, he would be getting a a book up to the side of his head. Yeah, yeah, quite. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, a, a jump of of that much in mortgage costs was just 
was, it was really painful, especially when you've got Section 24 as well, meaning that they can't be fully counted as, as an actual expense. And it, yeah, it, it's, it's painful. And, and I've got another remortgage coming up later this, this year as well. Uh, so the, the pain is only going to get worse. And yeah, I, I went from mortgage rates of one and a half percent kind of level to three to four percent kind of level mm. <laughs> uh, over over the course of a I, I thought it was over the course of a couple of years but actually yeah, as we've looked into these figures i think actually most of it might have happened in a single tax year and and yeah it, it, it's it's painful very very painful <laughs> and i think it does highlight because yeah overall you know in summary you, you, you've kind of added on 20 odd thousand pounds of revenue but because of section 24 not wishing to rub it in, you've added on, you've, you've also got 20,000 pounds of cost that's, that's come onto it. So, you know, as, as we talk about in the title, it's, you know, this revenue has come at significant cost quite literally. And as a listener or as a viewer, you might be thinking, but why, so why would, why on earth would you do any of that? You know, you wouldn't, you know, it's, it's, it's basically you're, you're putting in a lot of effort to stand still, but what have you benefited from by doing these things? Yeah, exactly. When you look at the raw figures, my, my revenue going up nicely, well, fairly in long term view. But because of mortgage costs going up, my expenses have gone up a lot. And then because of Section 24, that's had an outsized impact on, on my actual profit levels as well. So basically, I'm making the same amount of money now as I was, I don't know, in the region of 10 years ago. It's, it's yes, seemingly pointless, as you say. But the silver lining to all of this is, of course, capital gains. And we don't have sort of actual figures. We, we, we couldn't easily put together valuations for specifically when we started this, this sort of summary of figures. But we do know that I've seen in the region of 50%, maybe even 60% increase in value of my property portfolio versus the purchase price to the current value today. And, and that that's, these are properties in the Southeast, so they're not cheap properties. And that's a significant amount of money that, that is absolutely not in my bank account, unfortunately, but it is sitting there in, in property value, ready to be utilized at some point one day. Yeah. And in terms of equity, the equity amount is is pretty good based on your portfolio size because it's seven figure. And what's your rough loan to value on that percentage wise? It's somewhere fifty five to sixty percent, something in that region loan to value currently. So, so yeah, it, if it was higher, my my mortgage cost would be even scarier. So I'm, I'm very pleased that a lot of these properties have been been owned for now. Well, the first couple of them twenty odd years now. So that that has helped a lot, I think, uh, just that that elapsing of time, allowing for the increase in value in the property and the the, the not so rapidly increasing value in the mortgage. And let's finish with some good news. I mean, th that is good news. And the the other good news is that you know that you're forecasting roughly uh, for twenty three twenty four year, you know, around thirty seven thousand pounds of net income, which. You know, so if you, if you go back to several years ago, it, it's, you know, £8,000 more. So, you know, it's, a, it's still a significant increase, a lot of effort, a lot of time, but it has grown. 
Yep, it definitely has grown. And it is it is good. It's, it's not necessarily as good as it would be. Well, it's definitely not as good as it would be if the mortgage rates were lower. Um, and the slightly depressing thing is that after tax, the, the revenue is still actually not going to be any any better than sort of five years ago or so. But, but yes, it it is overall good news. It is a good portfolio. It is building over time gradually. And the capital gains value is, is definitely building over time as well and, and will be a, a good pension pot effectively, which is what these, these investment properties always were for me. And there you go, dear listener and dear viewer, is that is the long-term strategy. And Simon's demonstrated that very well, uh, I think, warts and all, because we, we like to present the, you know, the business of property as it is, not as we'd like it to be. But you know, there is income to be had, there's capital appreciation to be had, but it's not without effort and it's not without uh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And in my case, I've definitely had all of those things to, to build a portfolio. But hopefully that gives you an insight as well to, to Simon's approach and, and, and Simon's income. And if anyone's got any questions on if Simon's or mine um, portfolios that we've talked through, please do reach out to us and you can uh, just look in the show notes of ways to contact us and reach out to us there and we'll respond as quickly as we can. Other than that, hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have and you've listened this far, please do leave us a rating at least. Uh, other than that, we'll see you on the next episode.